The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hey everyone, my name is Chris Lambert and on this channel we talk Kanye West and today we are talking 808s and Heartbreak because it is the 12 year anniversary of this album which, you know, happy anniversary to 808s and Heartbreak. You might be wondering, Chris, why did you make a video for my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy on Sunday and uh, I, I, I was watching the Browns, I don't know, <laughs> but it's happy anniversary to 808s and Heartbreak and I thought it'd be fun to kind of go through my five favorite moments on this album rather than making a list of the songs and putting the songs in competition with one another right? and ranking one at the bottom, just the five things that have always stood out to me about this album and kicking that off we have Welcome to Heartbreak which I still remember when I was first listening to this album. I mean, the first time I heard it was 2008. I was in Cleveland. I was in college. Some of you have heard me tell the story before. I had just gotten back from study abroad in Australia, and I was a year removed from my father passing. So when Kanye released this album, and I knew his mom had passed, and I had been generally a Kanye fan, but wasn't like really that into... The music aside from just like the songs I'd hear on the radio or if Stronger was playing uh, on the weekends at our fraternity house like that was my Kanye experience not really getting into some of the uh, emotional aspects of Kanye's music or discography so when I heard Heartless on the radio a lot there was just something about that soundscape that was really especially me as like an angsty early 20s uh kid that was dealing with heartbreak and like unrequited love something about that song rang true but when i found out what the album was about right what engendered it the pain kanye was going through and then the the not only critical like backlash that kind of followed but the public backlash that came with this album where so many people were calling it like the end of Kanye's career and that he had jumped the shark and that this was like awful. Like he's a rapper and this is the music he's releasing. I, uh, I don't know. I felt more endeared to the album and I started playing it in my like lights out in my apartment on campus, just sitting there in the dark in the cold of Cleveland winter vibing to this album. It was the first album that really felt cathartic. To the pain that I was also going through, not just, you know, in terms of relationships, but it was good for that, but also just in terms of my dad dying. And uh, the album had a lot of emotion for me in that way, but it also was really insightful just in terms of what an artist could be pointing out about their experiences and not just talking about like the highs that they experience or where they came from or just these general like i'm in love or i'm in pain but kanye's poign poignancy and pointedness on some of these songs 
were so poetic and fascinating to me. And Welcome to Heartbreak was really like an eye-opening moment because Heartless to me had been very catchy and was the thing that got me into the album, right? But I still remember listening to Welcome to Heartbreak and how powerful some of these couplets were. Like, Dad cracked a joke and all the kids laughed, but I couldn't hear him all the way in first class. Uh, my friend showed me pictures of his kids and all I could show him was pictures of my cribs. He said his daughter got a brand new report card and all I got was a brand new sports car. Like the dichotomies he set up, like the comparisons and not only like this difference here, there was so much imagery in these verses where I could picture Kanye at the front of the plane and the dad in the back and the isolation he felt up front versus like this guy has less money in the back, but isn't he wealthier in general, right? That's the point that Kanye is kind of making here. That's the point that he's making in all of these comparisons. And the fact that we then get down to like him having to leave this wedding and welcome to heartbreak, how that comes in to the like last thing that we heard, hear Kanye say as like a, a line on the song. I felt like I was listening to something next level in that moment. And still to this day, it stands out to me how powerful this is in terms of capturing in such a quick and decisive way what he was going through at this time and his emotional state and just the trappings of fame, the opportunities it offers him, but also the things that he sacrificed in order to get to where he is. And you think back to college dropout, you think back to late registration, you think back to the allowance he gave himself on graduation to get an ego, to indulge in fame, and that he thought by allowing himself to enjoy that, he was just elevating his status and career, which he was, but he wasn't thinking about the cost at that time. And for this album to reflect so heavily on the cost, I don't know, welcome to heartbreak. And I didn't know those things at the time, right? At the time, I'm just like, oh man, this guy's in pain. And uh, this song to this day still stands out to me for that reason. And it's it stands out in terms of how far Kanye's come, right? He's now the guy that has pictures of his kids. He's now the guy that can like look at his daughter's report card. I mean, it's a report card from Yeezy Christian Academy, but it's, uh, and then he's the one that's like not even in first class with his family. Like he's on a private jet with his family, which like Kanye's come a long way since making this song. Uh, and then next up we have Pinocchio story, which, uh, we've talked about this on the show. I get why Pinocchio story isn't necessarily a draw for everyone right the fact that it's a live performance and it's not like production wise sounding the best because it is just a live like example of him doing a ad lib at the show right um it's not necessarily musical it's more of like a, a prose poem not even a prose poem but like a spoken word poem you have the audience i know there's people that like skip this and there was a period of my life where i would kind of skip pinocchio story and didn't really think much about it but over the years this is one that's just become more and more powerful for me and not it's different than Welcome to Heartbreak because Welcome to Heartbreak, I feel like was just about lifestyle and that these are a lot of things that he's changed, as we just said, from getting married and now he no longer has the same issues that he had in this song. But with Pinocchio's story, 
I feel like this is still kind of like a problem for Kanye. And while it's not the same thing, like he has found love, but there's still like this dehumanization that occurs in the media and from the public. And there's still this distance that he has from reality that he starts to get at in this song. Like, I think this song really does set up my beautiful dark twisted fantasy really well and i don't think that's intentional right it's not like kanye is like oh how can i set up my next album two years ahead of time but it just shows how the continuity that kanye has in terms of like he's already thinking through ideas and concepts that are going to emerge on the next album and by the next album he's had more time to work on those develop those but you can often see the seeds of those concepts in the previous works and the fact that you have lines like this, and there is no Chepetto to guide me, no one right beside me, the only one was behind me. I can't find her no more. I can't find her no more. I can't. Oh, man. Just like he's never, like, he has a wife and kids now, but he can never recover the loss of his mom. And Pinocchio's story gets at the pain of that in a way that other things don't. And the fact that it's not a song, right? You listen to the album and the production is so powerful on all of these things that you forget, despite the fact that he's emoting so much and there's so much pain on this album, that it's still product. It's still something to be consumed. It's still entertainment, right? So like Welcome to Heartbreak, even though it's so powerful and so painful, it's still a song that's supposed to be kind of like catchy and clever. Pinocchio's story really strips away that entertainment value. There isn't the production. There isn't the polish. It's not paranoid and like the slick and packaged experience that paranoid is. It's much more raw and taking off that veneer of entertainment and exposing just the raw emotion from this live show is so fitting to the album and where to end the album and how to end the album. I love it. It's one of those like... Uh, postmodern or modernist decisions that Kanye makes because he has that taste that just appeals to me so much, right? <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't mind risking or taking risks with form and function, which I love. So Pinocchio story at number four. Number three is just the whole Streetlights experience. Very few songs put me in the state of mind or give me like the visceral experience I have when I listen to Streetlights that I can just sit in a car and play it on repeat like four or five times just waiting for the car to turn off on its own, right? I've had that happen, especially like coming home at night, you're driving late, it comes on, and you just kind of like get home and park, and you just want to keep listening to the song. It's the perfect driving song, especially as streetlights are like passing you, but there's so much in terms of just like this idea of moments that are passing you by and coming back to Welcome to Heartbreak, and what you're sacrificing in order to get where you're going and Kanye having these lines like I know where I want to go right um where is it <laughs> uh that be no one let me know it seems like streetlight just like moments passing so I hopped in the cab and I paid my fare see I know my destination but I'm just not there which like his fare is exactly what he's talking about on Say You Will, Welcome to Heartbreak, Paranoid. This is the price of the life that he's living, and he's aware of this. But at the same time, like, he's missing out on so much. I don't know. There's something about the repetitiveness of the song that is 
perfect. The soundscape is perfect. The concept is perfect. Uh, it's God perfect. I think it's safe to say perfect. <laughs> um, so definitely like a highlight for me on the album. And then Love Lockdown, as much as I just gushed over Streetlights, Love Lockdown is my favorite song on the album. Uh, just it's an epic, right? The songs, the longest song on the album, I'm pretty sure, right? <laughs> um, and just has this sense of like scale and scope that I don't think the others have. You look at Streetlights, right? Which is so minimal. Say you will, so minimal, amazing, uh, heartless, like very specific and contain songs, but Love Lockdown breaks out in a way that feels kind of in line or has the same aesthetic as My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy or where Yeezus would go. There's just a a bigness to it that I love, especially the music video. Like the music video is killer. And the fact that Kanye mixes in like historic imagery and like culture with what he's going through. There's a lot of like depth and takeaway conceptually from the music video. Um, I don't know. I, the emotion of the song and the drums alone, I think make it a highlight on the album, but it's definitely over the years. It was something that I always liked, but over the years just becomes more powerful uh, to me as a listening experience, especially because I don't know, back then you didn't hear much like 808s and Heartbreak, and it was such a strange soundscape in general that I was a little like, hmm, I like it, but how much do I like it? <laughs> and now, 12 years later, when things, I mean, a lot has sounded like 808s, right? Like people always point to like Drake, Weekend, other artists that like Kid Cudi, owing something to the 808s aesthetic, but I feel like Love Lockdown stands out as something that only Kanye can do in terms of taking that aesthetic and making it as big as he did, bringing in that stadium sound to where it's not just like a pop radio song like Drake would make. It's not just the emotional experience that Cuddy has. It's not just this like crooning song and emotional that the way The Weeknd does. There's just something large about this song that only Kanye can do with the production. And I feel like the song still is occupies a very unique soundscape, even though people have been making albums like 808 12 years on, right? So uh, I have a lot of praise for Love Lockdown. And then Say You Will ends up having my favorite moment on the album. Even though Love Lockdown is my favorite song, there's something about Say You Will that feels like a mixture of Streetlights and Love Lockdown in just the fact that it's very sparse in the way that Streetlights is. Like you can see how few lyrics are actually here. Um, but it has a length and duration that's on par with Love Lockdown. And there's so much space in the production and so much emotion that comes through just from those opening lines and opening notes that I always feel myself pulled into the album. So even if Love Lockdown ends up being kind of like the climactic moment in the album for me, I feel like Say You Will is such a necessary component to having you buy into the atmosphere of this album. And the outro 
is what like three minutes like <laughs> it's this long outro and it's really the first outro of this kind i think kanye has in his discography like you're not really getting outros like this on college dropout or late registration graduation and when you have this here this is kind of like the progenitor of the runaway outro or the devil in a new dress outro or the whole my liquor outro it's the first one where kanye really went with this big atmospheric scene setting scene stealing outro that makes up kind of the majority of the song like the iceberg right that's under the water surface of the song um and i don't know if that outro gets praised enough so I just want to take some time to give a shout out to the Say You Will outro and how magical it is and just how necessary this song is on the album. And the Carolyn Shaw version, if you haven't heard it, is beautiful as well. Uh, Carolyn Shaw is a, what, violinist or just a singer? She's someone. Let's click. Find out. <laughs> um, but she has kind of her version of Say You Will yeah, violinist, singer, and composer. So definitely worth listening to what she did uh, with her version of Say You Will. And that's it. That's all for the video. If you're enjoying the channel and you want to support the easiest way is liking, commenting, or subscribing. Any of those three things tell YouTube this is a channel people engage with, and then they show it to more people, which goes a long way. And we also have our podcast, Watching the Throne, a lyrical analysis of Kanye West, where we go line by line through Kanye's discography and do lyrical explanations of the narrative and thematics. And it will forever change how you listen to Kanye's music. You can check out our college dropout season currently on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. But the rest of our archive of episodes is available on Patreon, which is patreon.com uh, slash Kanye podcast. And uh, until next time, stay wavy and keep it loopy. Cheers. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.